basically you're dying twice, right? Mm. You die when your physical spirit leaves your body and, and, and hits the pearly white gates. You die the second time when your name, Thomas Ryan, is mentioned for the last time out of somebody's mouth. Hello and welcome to another episode of Always Be Consulting. I'm Thomas Ryan with Thomas Ryan Real Estate. Today, special guest, uh, Brock Worthen. Um, Brock actually introduced me to and brought me over to Keller Williams um, years back um, down in Orange County, down in Newport Beach. Um, And we'll get into kind of the path that, that, that he's taken prior to that and after that. But um, Brock, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, man. Hey, I love you, bro. Thanks for having me. You know, you and I were just sharing probably a little 10, 15 minutes, uh, you know, collab off camera. And it's just always great to connect with you. I, I, I love it. And I learned from you. So uh, I'm looking forward to this next, you know, 20, 30 minutes just to share some insight and and kind of just uh, get some understanding with what you're doing there in your marketplace. I'll share with you some of the things that you know, that we're doing, and I'm sure you're going to have some questions that'll uh, spark some really cool conversations. So I'm excited. That's the plan. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So why don't you just kind of introduce yourself, uh, take us back to, uh, to little Brock running around and uh... <laughs> little, <Brock. laughs> little mini me, a little mini Brock running around. Uh, not... take, t- take us back to, to the origin story of, of the origin Brock. story. Let's hear it. <laughs> you know, I grew up in Ohio. You know, I was a Buckeye growing up right in Columbus and uh, ended up going to Ohio State and uh, had, a, had a dream to play football for Ohio State. I mean, if you're born in Columbus or Ohio for that matter, you know, you kind of bleed scarlet and gray and, and was going down that path in college and ended up uh, breaking my hand in my freshman year. And, you know, I was a bigger version of myself trying to walk on to, you know, the Ohio State University, which... Um, you know, I think for me, I was never gifted with like the physical talents. I was, I had more of the, that sort of that desire, that, that, that heart, uh, determination. That was sort of my gift. Uh, I wasn't, you know, a four, two 40 or 250 at six, four. Um, but I played, uh, with a, uh, a high motor, you know? So anyway, that kind of got derailed, went through college and had a business path came out to LA my junior year with some uh, fraternity brothers of mine. And one of them, his sister was a, was a famous actress. And so we came out here. I'd never been out here and had a cool experience. Just, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is where I want to be. You just came visiting. Back. You just came visiting, not oh, to like, break. Yeah, okay, imagine like eight guys from, you know, Columbus coming out to LA on, on spring break, you know, yeah. early twenties, whatever, you know, 2021, 20, 22. Um, had a great time, like had probably a, the experience that most don't, uh, because of the sort of, you know, uh, access that we had to sets mm. and certain fun parties and whatnot. So that was cool. It kind of gave me a perspective of like, I could do this or I could be out of here. So I went back to Ohio state and, uh, just took a, uh, an abundant amount of courses and, and sort of, I was on a five year plan and then I sort of uh, expedited it to four years and a quarter. So I came out literally two weeks after I graduated and, uh, 
1997, December of 97. Then I was literally arrived in Malibu. Uh, it was my first stop in California on the first of the year, January 1st of 98. And I will never forget, it was in the middle of uh, El Nino. So it rained my first like 90 days here in California. Like, <laughs> you brought it. You brought all the rain. Yeah, seriously. So anyway, that's my story, how I got out here. Good deal. So then uh, tell, what, what was your career path from there? You, you got out. Did you have a job or did you just you like know, honestly, do whatever? I had the coolest first job. So I came out with $2,000. I burned through that in like, I think less than my first month. I'm going out to, you know, yeah. clubs and just <laughs> throwing money like it. it was an endless, you know, uh, account that I had, which I quickly realized that it wasn't endless. <laughs> it ended in, in, in a month. But um, my first job out here was... Uh, playing um, Marvel character. They opened up a uh, Marvel mania at the, um, at, uh, help me out. Universal Studios? Yes, Universal Studios. Yeah. And then that Marvel, and then Johnny Storm, which was part of the Fantastic Four, led to uh, Spider-Man. So I was Spider-Man for, and then I did some Captain America, but it was cool. It was like a gig that I had, I was paid really well for what I was doing and, um, ate really well at the restaurant. Marvel Mania was a, re a theme, Marvel themed restaurant. So Got I was it. getting food, I was getting a good <laughs> check, and I was playing a superhero. Everybody, you know, wanted my autograph and photo. So I couldn't ask for a better gig, you know, coming out from Columbus to LA. I'm surprised you actually brought that up. I was going to ask this later in the, in the interview. So I'm glad you brought it up initially. Uh, <laughs> I was going to put you on yeah. the spot. Yeah. And then, so, and then, uh, where'd you go from yeah, there? Like, so that was my like how do you go from playing actor. Captain America yeah. to becoming yeah. a real estate yeah. agent? Well, I didn't come out to be Spider-Man. I came out to, you know, to be an actor. And that's sort Got of, it. I think I, I, I skipped over that part. But that was my job to sort of make ends meet being a superhero, if you will. Um, but yeah, so did the struggling acting thing for five years and then had a really cool gig that I had booked. Um, a lead role in an independent and then all of a sudden we had a big strike and it was 2002 I think it was 2002 a sad strike for nine months everything shut down in the industry and you couldn't you know you couldn't do anything domestically or else you would have gotten you know um, blackballed from the union so at that time I was like I gotta do something and a friend of mine she suggested uh, getting my real estate license she was a, a mortgage broker and so I got my license. I literally locked myself in my apartment for three months, got my test uh, date and nailed it. And then a buddy of mine uh, was like, hey man, you should, he was at Remax. He's like, you should check out this new company. Um, it's Keller Williams. A friend of mine's opening the Hollywood Hills office. You should meet with him. I'm like, cool. So I did that and ended up being part of the core group that opened up that Hollywood Hills office, which actually was a flagship office for Keller Williams in uh, Southern California. Like that office alone was responsible. And to this day for, I would say probably 45 to 50 market centers uh, mm. that the core group that made up that initial launch of the Hollywood Hills office has gone and, you know, opened up all these, uh, ancillary that's them calling uh, right now throughout, yeah LA Southern Cal Northern Cal and, and then even outside of California so it was a really it was a cool flagship office to be a part of got it and look through that time that was in um, 
03. Okay. I mean, Keller Williams wasn't, I mean, there was only one other Keller Williams in Southern California and it was down in San Diego. Wow. Uh, actually, no, there's two other ones, San Diego and then Marina Del Rey. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the time there was crazy. So I got in the market and all I knew, Thomas, was this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, you know, you, you didn't even put a sign in the yard. You just, you know, you listed it and it was multiples in the first several hours of it hitting the market. It's crazy. It's crazy. Sim- similar times, but different. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think we'll ever go back to those. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, most people that can remember that time, I mean, you know, uh, lending guidelines were nothing like they are today. And um, it was, yeah, it was a wild, wild west yeah. for sure. Okay. So 2002-ish, you got into the business. Three. Um, well, yeah, 2003 okay. was uh, when I got my license. And then uh, um, started with Keller Williams in 03. So I think it was May of 03. And then you worked as an agent for a number of years. And then was the Newport office your first leadership role or was there an, another role before that? Or Yeah, that? no, that was so again, you know, saw the market up and then I fell hard on my face, did a, uh, uh, had a model that we came up with. We kind of got out of the, the, the sort of um, the resale. We went into more second homes and investment properties on a mm-hmm. sort of a nationwide scale. And we're in like, six other states doing some pretty aggressive uh, type of uh, investment opportunities for, for clients. Cause we had a, a lot of clients with all this equity in their homes and we we're trying to help them reposition that equity to, into different emerging markets and to grow their real estate portfolio. And then obviously, you know, August, July, August of 07, everything came to a screeching halt. So I kind of took a, you know, a big hit, as a lot of people did. And I had to sort of reinvent myself um, for a short period of time. I got into selling insurance and actually was on this fast track for uh, uh, with a company as a GM. And I realized it when I saw behind the curtain, it wasn't what I wanted to do because it wasn't, it didn't align with my uh, values. Mm. And so then this opportunity with uh, Keller Williams came back. I still had my license um, and, uh, and, an individual who I was selling with at the Hollywood Hills office, she was an agent. She actually was the OP launching this new uh, Keller Williams in Newport Beach. And she called me. She's like, hey, I thought of you. Would you be interested? And then from that day forward, you know, I just committed. And we, we launched, as you know, Keller Williams Newport Estates. And that was January of 2010. I think we opened up in May. I was recruiting out of the, the Starbucks in Corona Del Mar with no brick and mortar, just a vision. And uh, driving from Glendale to Newport Beach was 51 miles one way for us. I did that for four and a half years. But you know, it's funny when you look at things that you do in life and you're like, wow, I can't believe I did that. But it's all about, you know, the perspective and where you are at that point in your life. And you just do what you got to do. I mean, I was, I was in that sort of fight or fleet, uh, you know, mentality because I'd lost everything. I just gotten married and, uh, I was trying to figure it out, you know, trying to, trying, trying to rebuild after having, you know, had built something pretty, pretty cool, pretty fast and then losing it, losing it all. But I'm really glad I look back at that period, Thomas. I'm like, you know, I'm really glad that I, that I went through it as, as hard as it was and as difficult as to say that because of what I went through. But it's also something that I, I, I'm thankful for because what it taught me just about people, myself, 
business. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to be buying when everybody's buying. You know, you you, you go against the grain, and um, and you also you have to you know one of the things that Keller Williams teaches, and I wasn't really applying that until later. But the whole red light green light aspect of of you know every dollar you spend, you have to make sure that you 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 justify the return on that dollar. You know, what am I going to get in return? Is it a dollar fifty? Is it two dollars? So you got to hold it accountable. And those are the things that you don't know as a new agent when you get into a market where all you know is up, and you have to experience that before you really realize some of the core business uh, components of, of, of being successful and, and not just based off the market. And you had some major career shifts for, like that just kind of happened with the strike and then the downturn of the market. Like those are some major career shifts um, pretty never, early on, right? Yeah, like, it's funny. It's true. Like, you, you know, it's funny. Um, you got to, you got to learn to pivot. And I think it's, uh, it's important when you have good people around you, uh, that kind of helps uh, identify some of your blind spots because we all have them, you know, and, and I know, you, you know, your wife, Michaela, I'm sure is, is a big, um, you know, area of strength for you, just like, you know, my wife Tracy is. And, and, you know, at that time she wasn't my wife, but, or it depends on what point, but, you know, she was in my life. And so I think it's important again, just, you know, we can't, you know, we don't always see our blind spots, which is why they're blind spots. So I think having, you know, a strong spouse uh, is important and, and, and a spouse that's involved and knows sort of like, you know, you know, what you're doing in your business and, and mm. can, you know, can help whether coach you or advise or consult. And, and she was a big part of helping me get through that really dark time. I mean, she was the one that was telling me, Hey, you know what? So-and-so can do, you know, run an office, you should definitely be able to. And, and, and honestly, that was what gave me this second chance of like, you know, uh, rebuilding myself after losing everything in the market. So yeah, you gotta lean on those strong women. Yeah, for sure. For, <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> I, you you kind of led me kind of into in my next question. Um, you have such a unique perspective in that you went from you know, production and being an agent selling properties to, to leadership. And we'll get a little further into kind of your, your new projects that you've been working on, but I'm just kind of curious of kind of that perspective and um, maybe some takeaways that, that you have thought about with regards to the, the industry as a, as a whole kind of from those different, um, different viewpoints, because yeah. myself, I, I've just been an agent, uh, you know, I've kind of worked under different team structures and, and currently an individual, but that's yeah. kind of my, my only, uh, kind of viewpoints. So, so I'm curious kind of that, that alternative yeah. perspective. Well, so there's a couple of things I take out of that question. I mean, you're talking about like, you know, leadership and then, and then actually, you know, uh, different perspectives from agent to leadership and, and being in the industry for, for 17 years now, you know, I, I think about leadership and it's one of those things where, you, you know, you, I'm constantly, uh, in a path of growth and leadership. And I, and I look at, you know, first of all, the person that is, is in the mirror, you know, for me, it's like, you know, if I can't lead myself, I'm not going to be able to lead agents. I'm not going to be able to lead my home. I'm not going to be able to lead, you know, uh, clients. And so I think it, it, first and foremost, it starts out with, you know, being disciplined, you know, you're very disciplined. You grew up in sports, you know, you, you've been able to display that in your life. And I, and I feel like, that's a big characteristic of, of a strong leader, somebody that's self-disciplined and somebody that can maintain 
that discipline in their life, even when there is adversity. So, you know, it's one of those things where I also, you know, I, I talk about, look, you know, taking inventory of your home and, you know, is your house built on a strong foundation? And I'm not talking literally, but, you know, looking at, you know, the relationship that you have with your spouse or your significant other, your kids, you know, are you, are you connecting in your communication with them? Because if you can't connect with you, with your kids or your spouse, you know, you're not going to be able to connect with, you know, your coworkers, your agents, your clients. So I think it's really important first and foremost is look at the types of conversations that you're having. Are you present and, or are you, you know, on your phone? And look, I'm the first one to say that I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of the latter. I mean, there's times where I'll, I know, you know, my kids will be trying to tell me something maybe about their day. And then I have to realize that, you know what, phone is for another time. You know, have that time with your kids because, as we know, it's important to have that while you can. So I think when you when you can lead at home um, and you can have a strong foundation and you can have, you know, you've 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 fixed the cracks in the foundation or you've you know eliminated the, the deficiencies that that might exist. That gives you the right and the permission to be able to uh, to lead others. And then as you you know have a track record and develop success in different areas, people will then be able to. Um, respect to you in areas um, uh, that you've that you're leading. Um, it's you know I, I look at when I first got into leadership. There was a book, The Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell, and the first level is positional leadership, and people only follow you because of your position. Mm. And so it's it's getting to that uh, you know moving up the ranks of the five levels that gives you uh, the ability to have influence based on what you've done for yourself, what you've done for others. And, and then when you kind of start looking at the industry and, and sort of, I think the latter part of that was like, sort of the, was it the perspective of how uh, the industry has, has changed? Yeah, just, I just think that, yeah, certainly how the industry's changed. I think you have a, such a unique perspective and that you kind of experienced multi, multiple facets of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that kind of leads us right into kind of how, how things have changed. Obviously within yeah. the last year, We've seen a lot of different changes, but, um, you know, prior to that as well, kind of maybe what you've yeah. seen out of agents and stuff like that. Well, you do something, you do something at, and I'll, I'll speak on this and you're, you're somebody that does it at a very high level. Um, one of the, th one of the things from an adaptation standpoint that I'm constantly talking to uh, agents and coaching agents around is, is the use of video and the use of content. Um, because this is the, the reality is, is this is the medium that people prefer by the end of 2022, 87% of Facebook is going to be, uh, video content. So people prefer, um, this type of viewing experience and you've done an exceptional job pivoting long before. Um, and look, there's so many agents that are still behind, um, the eight ball on this and not really, uh, committing to this because of various reasons that they may, you know, not feel comfortable with, but I think uh, that's totally it. I mean, I, I think that you, it's, uh, you know, self-consciousness, um, maybe, maybe lack of confidence, but, or, or whatever it may be, even if you have the ton of confidence, you know, in person, right? Like this is a total, total different environment. You're, you're looking at a computer that you're looking at a, a camera lens. It's kind of, can be kind of awkward, but, um, I mean, yeah, prior, prior to COVID and, and especially now it's kind of, become an imperative imperative thing people are get, people are busy and um they they can consume the content when when they when they want 
It's true. And you know, look, it's not, and I think part of it might be the fear of not being able to articulate value. And look, people don't want, people don't want it perfection on camera. They want, they want people to be normal, be human, mess up, say something that didn't make you know, total sense, but you correct yourself because you're being authentic. So yeah. I think the industry has changed from the standpoint of the access of information that, that consumers have at, 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 the, at the palm of their hands, right? So if you don't come to the kitchen table prepared to be able to share something that they don't already know, mm -hmm. then you're going to have a, high, a less probability um, of, of obtaining a signed agreement because like people not only want you to be the expert, they can't be the expert as the consumer, but guess what? And a lot of times they are because of the accessibility of the information and the fact coupled with agents aren't spending enough time really becoming local experts. Like you, you know everything that you need to know about your service market area. Like you are this the go-to guy and you do a great job of understanding not only the nuances of that area, but like the metrics, why people are moving. You know, you have all the data to support that. A lot of agents aren't coming prepared with that data. Now look, we, you know, because of the, and this has always been a frustration for me, but the entry, uh, the, 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 um, the, the barrier of entry. Barrier of entry, people, yeah, is, got it. Is so low that, you know, you have a lot of people that can just get their license but aren't coming really equipped to run a business. And, you know, agents like yourself and the, the, the 10 percenters are the ones that are, are bringing the value and that are taking the market share. So I think to, to, to kind of, you know, come back to your question, how it's changed, consumers are, are much more knowledgeable and the standard for service has just gone through the roof. Like you have to mm. really bring a high level of, uh, of customer service and follow through and the touches and the gifts and the follow up. I mean, it, it has to be a, a, a five star level of service. And great. that's a great point. That's where it's at. It's a great point. I heard, uh, I was listening to Tom Ferry's podcast just a couple of days ago and they talked about, um, basically it was, a an aspect where they said you talking about, um, you know, how, how you're talking about the, uh, increased level of information that the consumer has, right? They, they have so much information in front of them that they would have previously not had. Well, what he was saying is like, you wouldn't want to go to your surgeon and ha know more information about your surgery than your surgeon, right? So, you know, you want this professional that's, you know, in charge of your health or in charge of your most, you know, potentially your largest financial investment, um, your future wealth or whatever it may be, you'd probably want them to have more knowledge about um, that aspect of things than, than you do as the, as the consumer. It, it, it's funny you, you were, you're saying this. You and I were talking off camera about just, you know, some of the frustrations that, that we have around, uh, you know, discount brokers. And look, you know, long before I got into real estate, discount brokers were, were, were a big part of it. And, uh, and they are, they're still around today and it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating that we have to compete with people that devalue our value as, as agents. And look, not, not, not every agent is, is built the same. There are those that certainly give uh, blemishes to our industry and us as, as service providers, consultants. 
However, you know, when you can justify um, being a full service agent, offering full service, and also in your negotiation, in your, you know, your marketing strategy that's customized to your, your seller, and that differentiates you from the discount brokers, I mean, it should, when you look at the numbers, you know, consumers should see that, look, there's going to be, you know, a five, six, seven times gross on the return on investing in somebody like yourself as their uh, listing agent, opposed to just looking at the numbers on the sheet that says, look, this person's going to do a 1%. But guess what? More often than not, you're going to get that type of service, a discounted service. So I just think, you know, like that hasn't really changed in the industry, has it? Like we mm -hmm. still, you know, have those discount brokers. However, you know, we just have to, I think, stay true to who we are. I think we always have to look at how can we top grade what we're doing or what we're not doing? Like how can we plus our services? Like I think it's a good chance that when we, a uh, good opportunity to look at our own inventory of our business and say, look, where, where do I need to improve? I know I'm running a pretty, you know, a, a pretty tight ship here with respect to what I'm doing, but there's always areas that I think that we can look at our, uh, our, our value proposition and improve it. So for sure. I mean, there's, it's always changing and it's changing daily, weekly, monthly, especially now that that's perfect. Leads me to my next question. Um, kind of what are some of the top traits you've come across hundreds, if not thousands of agents that you've led or, or recruited, um, in, in you know, the past years, um, what are some of the common traits that you've seen in, in, in those most or what they're doing, um, that, yeah. that you see as, as kind of the most successful common traits amongst, amongst those agents? I think, uh, I think they, I, I think evolving, I think pivoting is, uh, I think with the pandemic, it gave us all an opportunity to pivot in our business and instead of making it a, uh, an excuse, uh, why you didn't do well, make it a reason why you did do well. And those really good agents take, uh, times like the pandemic and they figure out a way to advance their their business model and, and, and meet the client where the client is. Mm. Um, a lot of people were in tr uh, retreat mode last year, you know, and I, I, but I also saw a lot of agents have the best years of their life and it's because they evolved. Um, I think something else that's important is, you know, and something in my life that I do both spiritually as well as uh, personally is, is I'm, I'm eager to give. And I think those that are eager to give to others or, or give to their church, if you're eagerly giving to others, uh, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're bound to receive um, nice gifts. God's provisions will, I think, will, will certainly be evident. Um, and I think that those that are not holding on to things tight to their vest and they're, they're sharing information whether it's marketing strategies and not feeling like what they have is like, you know, uh, is, 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 is the end all be all yeah. uh, other people are doing it. And I don't think there's any trade secrets. So I think that you have to be willing to give, um, in all areas of your life and you'll mm -hmm. certainly find benefits, um, tenfold in giving. I think also, um, those that, um, I think it's success. It's one of those things where it's, Oftentimes, success is relative, right? It's a, it's a relative yeah. term. I think it's not um, what 
you become when you're successful, it's, it's who. And I think, you know, money doesn't uh, change who you are, it exposes who you are. And so, and whatever kind of money that is, but um, I, I think it's what you are able to do with it. Uh, because look, we, something was told to me um, several years ago and it's stuck with me. And it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty amazing statement. And when this was told to me, I was like, wow, I thought about it. I was like, that's pretty powerful and it's so true. So basically you die twice, right? Mm. You die when your physical spirit leaves your body and, and, and hits the pearly white gates. You die the second time when your name, Thomas Ryan, is mentioned for the last time out of somebody's mouth. So think about that. And then it makes you start to think about, okay, well, how, what is my legacy? Like, what is it? How long will my, my name or my impact live on after I've, I'm long gone? Will it be one generation? Will it be my great grandkids or will it be my great, great? Am I going to set up a foundation or am I going to set up some sort of, uh, you know, charity work that will live on? And so it made me think um, at a, at a, at a, at a deeper level about what I'm doing while I'm here, because as you know, we're just renting time. <laughs> we're, we don't own anything here. Yeah. We're just passing through. So you build know, some equity, really build some equity, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, but I think as far as just kind of get back to your question, the successful agents, um, they evolve, they are, they are, they have their systems. I think they fine tune their systems. They are able to attract talent and leverage, uh, technology. If you're not equipped to adapt to technology and allowing technology to be as uh, a an efficient tool to provide you and your clients higher levels of service, then you're missing the you're missing the boat. You'll you'll probably uh, be out of the business in 18 to 24 months if you're not really just leaning leaning fiercely into tech. There's so many aspects um, that we need to perfect in this business. I mean, more and more each day. I mean the zoom listing presentation has become an aspect that, that more people have taken into consideration. Um, you know, just the different uh, restrictions that have been placed on our business with, with regards to having to, you know, uh, complete the property entry advisory disclosure and, and cleaning pr pr uh, utensils and, and all these different no open houses. How about that? Yeah. No like open so houses. Think yeah. about how many agents, you know, and I know you were, and that was you as well. I mean, so many agents would get business from open houses. So it's like, what yeah. are you doing now to replace that pillar of income of business that you were getting and now you're not. And yeah. so it's gone to doing online, uh, Zoominars where, you know, you're holding monthly or, or, or biweekly, uh, very powerful, informative 30 minute segment, uh, workshops around, you know, buying your first home, buying your second home, buying up, buying down, selling in today's market, like whatever that is, but being able to reach a broader audience and not having to have them be inconvenienced by coming to, you know, a, a certain location to hold that event. Whereas before we would do that. Yeah. Now you sure. can service a greater audience in this sort of fashion and hopefully, you know, be able to provide even more value. That's the plan. That's the plan. Speaking of value, if there was an agent about to get in the business or it's day one, um, what would, you know, like I said, there's so many different things and aspects yeah. to the business that we need to perfect, but what, what's like the one, it could be a micro thing. What's the one thing yeah. you'd tell a new agent just to advice on, on day one? Yeah. Well, I would say, look, I mean, 
instead of really buying leads and spending a fortune and getting yourself in debt, kind of like when you go into college and you graduate with $100,000 of debt, same thing with the new agent. Instead of get, investing in all these uh, online uh, lead platforms, you know, I just, you know, I, I tell agents, I'm like, look, pull out your phone, go to your contacts, tell me what the number is when you scroll all the way at the bottom, 2,200, 1,700, 1,000. And I see right there, like that right there is your data bank. Focus on uh, building that moat, like Gary says, Gary Keller says, build that moat around, for, you know, embrace your, your, your database, because this is reality. Like every consumer knows 12 and a half licensed real estate agents. The likelihood that Thomas Ryan has some of the same contacts in his phone that I have in my phone is probable. And I can bet you that Thomas has systems set up that he's touching his people consistently. They're hearing from him on various mediums. If the new agent just did that and they built the system, and you know, you know, and I know KW has a great uh, technology around being able to automate and be able to put touch systems in place that reach out, connect with the people, and it doesn't have to be a sales call. Like just let know, let let people know that you're thinking of them. Give them something of value. Hey, did you know? Or hey, by the way, I was thinking of you today. And it doesn't always have to be a phone call. Shoot a quick, you know, quick little selfie video. Hey, I was thinking of you today, Tom. So I was driving by this mid-century. I know how much you love mid-centuries. I'm going to send you a quick little, you know, video on it or a picture on it. You know, let me know your thoughts. What would you do to this mid-century or something like that? It doesn't always have to be about, hey, who do you know that wants to buy, sell, or invest in real estate? Let people know you got to do life with your mm. database, mm. meaning the money's made between the transactions, right? So, you, Thomas, you got to know the kids' names. You got to know the dog. You got to know the cat. You got to know the hamster. You got to know that they love to travel to Hawaii once a year. You got to know where they go when they go to Hawaii. Like, when you do that, people realize that you – you care about the most important things in their life because you ask questions. I always tell agents, you know, you can, you can, you can tell somebody when you, the, 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 there's a correlation between the questions that you ask and the income that you make. And if you're asking really good questions and tell me more about that, Ryan or Thomas, <laughs> tell me more about what's, what's, what's special when, when you and Michaela travel, like, what is it that you, that you guys like to do? Why is it that you like to do that? Like, when you ask you know, granular questions, people are going to realize, you know what? Like, Thomas really cares about me. Like, he's really asking thoughtful uh, questions, and, and I appreciate that about it. And then, you know, you take your copious notes in your database, and you know next time you talk to them what you reference because you have taken notes. So, you know, to the new agents, use your phone as your lead generator Build, uh, build more connecting relationships with the people in it to provide value. And, you know, you should be able to get 10 to 12 transactions out of your phone, you know, every year if you do that. And that's on a minimum, like starting out. Then you develop yeah. the systems yep. to generate even more. I was told very early before I was even licensed um, to answer your phone. Oh, that too. Oh, my gosh. But I How mean, simple is that? It's true. Answer your phone. And I do more and more of that. But, you know, we get jaded by it. If they're not in our phone, if I don't have Thomas Ryan, you know, in my phone, right? It's funny. I though. Answer, yeah. I, I answer I so many, like, from across the country phone calls just because you never know who. Well, people are know. a little bit shocked when you answer because they're like, oh, uh, hey, 
it's Brock, <laughs> and I was calling it, you know, set up a showing for your listing. Uh, well, I didn't expect you to pick up the phone, Thomas. Yeah. How you doing? We're so used to like leaving a message or texting, but this is the other thing, Thomas. And I love that you said that. I mean, it's important to also know how your clients want to communicate. Yeah, because for sure. Some clients aren't interested in talking, but guess what? They will text you and do a transaction all through text. Yeah, and and some so and some don't want to text, and you know they they yeah. want they want that you'll text them and they call you back, pick up yeah. on that, and. But and I love that you, you said it. Answer your yeah. phone. That's a yeah. great. Uh, that's I've a great always take. I've always like listened to that one. Yeah. Um, tell me about build your blueprint. What projects we got going on? Yeah. Kind of kind of share us yeah. share with us kind of a little insight there. Yeah. So I've got a team. You know, I've, um, when I uh, I'm in, I'm in leadership now. I'm running the the Los Feliz office, but I do have a team that I've had for about three years. Uh, when I was transitioning out of my old office, out of sort of the managing of an office. I was, I got back into production and then this opportunity uh, came to me. I wasn't looking for it. It still allowed me to fulfill other passion areas of my life, which was still running a team. And then also um, having flip projects and, and, and doing some developing. So it's, it's been an opportunity that uh, I'm learning and loving it and um, certainly uh, having fun with it. So we right now I have a project in Glendale, um, that we bought in uh, November, and okay. it will uh, it will be ready. And first uh, week of probably it'll probably hit the market first week of April. Spanish, do a little revival, a little Spanish revival, nineteen twenty three, um, for better two baths. So it's fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, what are you learning? What are you learning from that? Oh, I'm learning. You know, I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning about construction. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't born and grow up a carpenter. So I'm learning a lot about that. Um, I have a knack for, I have an eye for, for materials and things. So that's improving as well. And that's fun. Um, and learning a lot of things with the city. <laughs> Certain <laughs> cities are more difficult than others. I mean, I, we did something, uh, you know, La Cañada, which was interesting. And uh, Glendale is also interesting. Um, so, but look, there's challenges during COVID. Well, it doesn't matter what city you're in. You know, there's fewer people working at the city. Uh, there's a lot more um, sort of pent up uh, demand, sure. if you will, that elongates your 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 holding period, right? So we have to our carrying costs are you know are considered in our in our uh, margins to be longer now because certain elements that are outside forces that we can't really um, dictate. Um, but at the end of the day, the market, as you know, is still hot. It still allows for there to be margins for flipping. So we're taking advantage of it while we can, you know, who knows the longer you hold on to it, the, the, the higher well, the prices might go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, goal this year is to do six Nice. and, uh, it, we'll, we'll see, you know, uh, if, 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 if we can hit that. But uh, certainly, uh, we're gonna we're we're already looking at our next one too. So very cool. Um, yeah, it's fun. Good, awesome. Um, what's your go-to happy hour in Los Feliz? <laughs> well, well, when there's uh, when it when it opens back up, it, it'll probably be Desert Rose, which is I think it's the go-to because you know you want a place that you can walk to, right? You don't want to be driving. It's a block away. They got like three dollar drafts and, and five dollar wells so that that and, and you know it's great outdoor patio and again it's a block away so <laughs> it makes for easy uh an easy walk back to the office but you know what's funny we've been doing a lot of 
happy hours via Zoom. We'll do uh, or we'll send our agents little care packages of like a you know a spirit, yeah, right? a cocktail, a glass or a wine glass and a small wine bottle, and then um, and then we'll do like an online bingo or uh, you know some sort of game that that they can do digitally and enjoy a drink. And so, you know, again, we talked about pivoting in today's market yeah. uh, and we've been able to do that. So that's been sort of fun. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, I, heard, I was going to ask my uh, Captain America question, but we already addressed that. Did we miss any, <laughs> anything, anything else? Any other touches? Oh man. No, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an open book. I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't know I was coming for a um, therapy session today or <laughs> but i feel more to zoom <laughs> i feel you know, our, our talk before the zoom i feel motivated uh intrigued oh, yeah. um lots to think about <laughs> as always with our conversations with with Brock. Oh, man hey listen i i appreciate you i love all that you're doing i'm a big fan i follow you uh you're certainly creative in a lot of the stuff that you do uh for your 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 farm and it's certainly uh, trying to have fun most agents don't do which what is what separates you. So I just, uh, I love seeing you crush it. And uh, I look forward to just seeing you continue to dominate and bring value to your consumers. So good job, buddy. I appreciate it, man. It's a, it's a, a testament to a lot of people I've, I've come across in this industry, obviously. Um, and um, you, you being one, one of those that uh, obviously, I mean, it's, it's funny. You come across a lot of people, over the years in the business and different offices. And I've been a part of now three different Keller Williams offices. And, um, you know, you hold on, like you said, those relationships. And so I, I have appreciated your relationship and, uh, appreciate you taking the time. You got it, my man. Appreciate <laughs> you, brother. Good deal. Give my best to that beautiful bride of yours. Will do. Appreciate it. And thanks to you for listening in or watching in on another episode of always be consulting until next time. Have a good day.